I'll put tells my no about Kabbalah. Okay, fine. I hear, I hear. He has a good point. It says it. It must be true. It applies to the Korban, should apply. Yeah, okay. All right, but Chazar of yesterday's daf, we surely can do. Okay, there's no excuse for that. And yesterday was daf Ayin Ches. Today is Ayin Tes. And we'll do a review of yesterday's daf. And uh, we talked about yesterday the, um, this uh, trickle that, uh, you know, a little bit of a leak that came out of the Makam Amigdosh. And it starts out so, so tiny, like a very, very thin uh, leak. And then it goes and uh, slowly but surely after every thousand amas it gets a little bit thicker. And then another thousand amas it gets even thicker. And before you know it, it becomes this raging river, basically. And uh, the Gemara says that it becomes a makam, a place that is actually kosher for, um, for mikvah. Uh, not a mikvah, it's a ma'ayan, it's a spring. And, um, and that's the story. Um, I, saw, I seem to remember a couple of years ago there was a, a leak in the base of Mikdash. And everyone was remembering this Gemara and thinking, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is it. This up. is it. We, we finally hit the time. But uh, I don't know. They, maybe they got a plumber. I don't know exactly what happened. Got the plumber and he closed it up. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, but uh, that's the story. It was, it was in the news not that long ago. Anyway, um, next thing we talked about is... Um, the question was uh, that, that that Rav Yosef says based on this on this whole story is that uh, it sounds like only when it was really high, like up to the neck, that's when it mentions that it's a kosher mikvah. So this is like a hint to the the halacha um, that Anida needs uh, for her mikvah to be up to the neck in water. But uh, the Gemara says that's actually not the halacha. It is not a requirement. Okay. Question is, is um, so you have to go all the way under the water. okay. The question is like this: yeah, we, we, we started off talking about walking through the water, right? Walking through the water on uh, on Yom Kippur, we gave a heter. If you're going not for pleasure, but you're going, we gave a whole heter. And uh, you have to realize that there's a leniency when it comes to uh, comes to Yom Kippur because you're anyway not wearing shoes, so there's less of a concern when it comes to carrying. The shaila is, what about on Shabbos? Is there a concern? So, Nehemiah, the son-in-law of the Benesiah, he says, I saw Rabbam and Ravasi. They crossed this very big puddle, and they wore it. They just wore it, they wore their shoes, and they walked right across in the water. So you see that you can. It's not a problem. So the Gemara says, maybe that's only shoes. What about a sandal? Sandals are, they don't hold fast to your feet as much. So maybe there's a fear that you're going to come pick it up so you could walk in the water. Otherwise, you'll lose them in the water. So what are you going to say? So Rabbi Rukhumi says, I saw Ravina, and he actually also wore his sandals in the water and even on Shabbos. Ravashi says, L'chathil, one should not use their sandals on Shabbos. Now, um, um, so what happened was, is we got an interesting story. The Reish Galusa came to the town of Agronia to the house of Rav Nassan, and Raphram and all the rabbis were there coming to hear the shear from the Reish Galusa. Basically, that's not a shear that you miss if you don't want to get in trouble. Problem was, is Ravina did miss the shear. 
Um, and Raphram didn't want Ravina to get in trouble. So what he did was, in the earshot of the Rish Kalusa, he asked him, he asked Ravina, why didn't you come to the Shia yesterday? And he says, I have a wound on my foot. I couldn't, I couldn't really go, come. So he says, so you wear shoes. What's the problem? You, you, you. So he says, no, 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 it's on the top of my foot. It'll, it's a, it hurts if I put on the shoes. I can't wear shoes. What about sandals? You could wear sandals. So he said, you're right. I would have worn sandals, but I couldn't because there's this big body of water that I have to cross. So he says, um, why can't you wear, it, wear the sandals across the water? So he says, don't you hold like Rav Hashi, who says that a sandal chathilo, you're really not allowed to cross uh, the water because there's bigger concern that you might take it off. And that was the way that, again, the creative way that Rav Ashi, uh, I mean, that, uh, yeah, so uh, Raphram um, got Ravina out of trouble, basically. Okay, next we saw is uh, Yehuda Bargrogra said that it's usher to sit on mud on Yom Kippur because <coughs> the mud is also, it's wet and, it, and it's like bathing, it's uh, along the same lines. Shubalevi says that's only if the mud is so wet that it's matpachas, it's wet to the touch. Um, and Bai uh, says, how wet? It has to be tofech al menas which means that when you touch it with your hand and then you touch your hand somewhere else, it can, make the, it can transfer the wetness. That's a level of wetness that we're discussing over here. Mud. What? Mud. Mud, right, but it has to be wet enough that it's you know, sometimes you can feel it, it feels wet to touch, but you can't really transfer it off to the, another thing. That's not, that's the, not the level. We talk about where it's a bit of a higher level. Rav Yudha says, you're allowed to do, is you're allowed to cool off with Paris, um, uh, with gourds. We saw Rav Yudha did so with gourds, with pumpkins. Rabba did it with a baby. <laughs> you hold the baby, they're like more cool to the touch for, than an old man. And it... Uh, and you hold the baby, it cool you off. Uh, Rava used a silver goblet, and Rapapa says that's not allowed if it's full with water, but if it's chaser, then it's okay. But if it's earthenware, if it's pottery, so then even not full is problematic because it sweats. Okay. Then we saw, who was it? Rav, I have a mended text. It's Rav. Is the Zion here? Um, Ravashi uh, says that the silver goblet, if it's chaser, is also not allowed because it's slippery and it, you may drop it and it may accidentally spill on you. That's how Rashi learns. Okay, um, it's slippery; it could slip out of your hand and it'll spoil, spill on you. Which is a very interesting chumrah. Ziri Bar Chama, who was the host for Rab Ami, Ravasi, many of the Rabbanim, Rab Shumalevi. So one time he's talking to Rav Yosef, the son of Rab Shumalevi. And I asked, and he said to him, let me, son of a lion, let me tell you a very good chiddush from your father that I observed, because again, he was uh, sometimes being the right place at the right time. You get to observe a lot of the rabbis. So he has the, he had like the hotel that all the you know, there's this uh, uh, hotel in, uh, in Florida, Miami Beach, that uh, somehow he was a Hamish guy, and he had the, all the Rosh Yeshiva. Rabbi Yaakov used to go visit there, and uh, the Sovereign Hotel, I think it was called. It was a tiny little hotel, dinky hotel in Miami Beach. 
but the, you know, somehow all the Rosh Hashiva went there, and he got to, so if that was this, what this was like, you know, he got to observe firsthand what the Rabbanim, what they were like, what they, how they behaved. It was a pretty impressive. Anyway, he said, let me tell you a nice chidosh, uh, a kula, actually, that he did, which is that he had a mitbachas, which is basically a hand towel, and uh, uh, from Ervium Kipper, he had it soaking in water, and then he squeezed it out as much as he could, so you can't squeeze anymore, but it still stays somewhat damp, and the next day, he was able to wipe his face with it, and it was very cool to the touch, and that's perfectly permissible. And Erev Tosh Tishabov, he did also a very similar idea. And the story goes, Rabbi Barmari said on Erev Tishabov, they, you, they, they did the same, yeah, actually the story reversed, um, and they asked the question, but there's not a problem um, that, uh, that, that be squeezed, uh, it's a problem of squeezing if you on Yom Kippur, there's a concern that you might squeeze it out. Anyway, Rav Menashe Bar Tachlifa said in the name of Rav Amram and the name of Rabbi Barchana that they asked Rabbi Lazar, what if, what is what, this halacha, that, by the way, has nothing to do with our topic, but we get, the second question does. So the first question was, if somebody is a Zakin Yoshev Yeshiva, that means he's one of the elders, a member of the Sanhedrin, does he need Rishos to be Matar Bechoros or not? What's the two sides? Because this is the 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 heter of Mater Bechorus is a um, is a one of those areas that we give to the nasi as an authority. Like this is their authority. They have the sole authority to grant the right to do that. Does that encompass? You know, or maybe do we make an exception to a member of the Sanhedrin? Is really the question, or not? So um, the Gemara says that. Uh, Rab Tzadok Ben Chaluka got up on his feet and he said, I saw Rab Yosef Ben Zimra, who was a member of the Sanhedrin, who was a Zak in Yoshi Bishiva, and um, he was standing um, and, you know, higher than the, than the Zaydi of this person over here, and he took Rishos to be Matabachorus. Even though he was an higher authority on the, on the Sanhedrin, it didn't matter. Anyway, um, so Rabbi uh, says, I think you got the story wrong because you have to realize Rabbi Yosef and Zimra was actually a Kohen and the Shiloh was a special Shiloh who do we paskin like for the Kohen to be Mater Bechoros for somebody else to be paskin like Rabbi Meir who says that if you're chashot on something for yourself then you can't be trusted on it for somebody else either or do we paskin like Rabbi Shem Gamil who says that you are believed for somebody else just not for yourself you know, there's, do we divide the nemanos? And um, um, and the answer he's paskin was that yeah, we paskin like Rosh Hashanah and yes, you are kosher as a even though for yourself as a kohen you have a vested interest. We don't trust you for your own stuff, but for other people you don't, and you'll be on, and that'll keep you honest. Okay, Ask the sh- that was question number one. What was question number two? What kind of shoes does the kohen? Uh, does uh, Yom, do we wear on Yom Kippur? Is that it's okay? The question is, what about court shoes, shoes that are made out of court material? Is that allowed or not? So Rabbi Yitzchok Bar Nachmani stood on his feet and he said, "I saw Rabbi Shmuel Levi. He walked on. He wore sandals of cork on Yom Kippur. And what about a tennis tibor? When they, the highest level of tennis tibor, they also don't wear shoes. What about that? Also, same thing." Rabbi Barbachana said, I saw Rabbi Lazar from Ninveh. He went out with a sandal of Sham on Tanis Tibor. And we asked, what about Yom Kippur? Same thing. 
um, we saw other Rabbanim went out with other forms of feet covering. Um, nobody said they went, it doesn't have Nikes written down here, but uh, okay. So uh, one of them is Hitni, which is, um, which is also a type of cork material, like a soft, soft wood. Um, Abaye went with Hutsi, which is basically made out of palm fronds. Um, Rava uh, went with uh, two gear soles here, Divli or some, some other thing, which is some type of grass. And Rabba Baruchuna, he just wrapped um, kerchiefs, you know, material around his, around his feet. And that's how he walked. Um, so Rami Barchama uh, asked the kasha on, the, on these shittas. You're telling me wood is okay, a wooden shoe is all right, wooden clogs. What a, why, why is it say by the, by the person who's missing a leg? Um, so that uh, it says over there that on, that on Shabbos he's allowed to walk out with it according to a mayor, and Rabbi Yossi says he's not. And we said, but everybody agrees that on Yom Kippur you're for sure not. So why would I not be allowed? It's wood. What's the difference? So Abayah says that's because it's soft, fluffy material inside, so it's more comfortable. So it says comfort is the thing. Um, it has to be defined as a shoe. It's not, it could be the most comfortable sneaker, but if it's not defined as a shoe, it's not a problem. That's really what the, that's an interesting thing. We don't make up our own tanukim and say that all tanukim are asr on Yom Kippur. Okay? So, um, and... And, 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 how, and if it's not a shoe, how is the soft, fluffy material going to make it into a shoe? Anyway, so that's all the part of the problem. Anyway, bottom line is, so, um, and if anything, look, Rabbi Baravuna, he wore this material on his feet. It may have been very comfortable. It's like you wrap your feet in pillows. It's nice to walk on. So does that make it not allowed? So um, it just, it, no, because it has to be defined as a middle to be problematic. So the Gemara explains, um, and also, besides for the fact that the Mishnah sounds like that it didn't have the soft material inside, because it describes what if it has it, if it has a place to hold it, then it's going to be a dintam. It sounds like that's not what we've been talking about up until now. So after all of that, Rava says, really, we're talking about, it is a minhal. This Akita, it is his shoe. And on Shabbos, the Machlokas is, is there a fear that it's going to fall off? Because after all, primarily, he wasn't able to, the prosthetic in those days was not fun, a functional prosthetic. It was more for looks to like sort of, so it wouldn't, you know, draw too many, um, you know, eyes. Right. So it was, uh, but it was not really very functional as a leg. He had to walk with crutches. So because of that, there's a fear that it might just fall off and he'll come pick it up and take it with him because those things can get expensive. I mean, nowadays they're very. How's he gonna How's he gonna get around? Stump falls off. How's he gonna walk carried anywhere, anyways? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't a functional stump. He was walking with crutches or some other yeah. means of getting around. It was just for look. So yeah. you know, it could just fall or just like, you know, put it in his backpack and and go with it. Anyway, um, however he goes. Okay. So bottom line is, it's a fear of of carrying on Shabbos. And the question is, do we make such a xera or not? So that was the issue. Okay. But uh, it seems that it was really, it did qualify as a shoe. I'm not sure why. Maybe it, was, maybe it did have leather on it or whatever. Anyway. Next we saw is um, children are allowed to do all of the five inuyim. Or, well, not f- all five, but they eat, they drink, 
they, they don't have relations, just saying, okay? But, um, but the bathing, washing, all that's okay. What we don't allow them is the shoe wearing. Now, what's special about wearing shoes that we don't allow the babies to wear shoes? Um, so, 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 first we thought to say that maybe the way it works is, is that the shoe wearing is, um, was probably done today, and the bathing could have been done yesterday, so it's not muhach that it was done today. Um, but we said that, uh, that maybe the shoes were also done yesterday, so the Gemara says, nah, nah, that can't be, because you're, it's, one of the, it's a very bad thing. You, if you want the taste of death, then you sleep with shoes on Shabbos. Um, that's a big issue. So uh, the Gemara says, um, the, this, uh, basically the bottom line is, um, the reason why it's allowed for bathing and washing is because, you know, for rubbing oil is because that is part of the development of children. At the right age, the bathing is what's allowed. Um, so, um, and then we went through, Abayi described the various levels, stages of development of children, that the, an infant, hot water and oil is very crucial for their development. Uh, bathing the child. Okay? But in my family growing up, it was like a special zuchos of my grandmother, all of her grandchildren, that she did, gave the first bath to her oh, grandchild. It was, like oh. a, it was like a big deal, right. Um, so anyway, becomes a cover job. It was a cover, but I'm saying but the, but the bathing of the baby is a big is a big thing. I'm yeah. just saying, whatever. Uh, the baby gets a little bigger, so eggs with the dairy products. That's their. Uh, that's what brings their development. And then a little older than that is like you know, like I said yesterday, the terrible twos. So then they need to break something. That's the. That's their development. Very, uh, very interesting psychological thing, but. Basically, they're, they're at a stage where their minds are developing and they need to be able to not, you know, have some control on something by breaking something, and that helps their development. Very interesting. So don't be too strict on your children when they're that age to, that they break something. Gary, you heard that? It's very important. Part of the learning process. It's part of the, part of the growth, development. Not when they're 16 driving cars. This is, <laughs> yeah, this is right. That's yeah. true. It's only God Porta. <laughs> only God Porta. Don't give something From to your, your parents', parents experience. Yeah. <laughs> don't give something to your grandson that you might break it. That you don't want to break broken. Right. No, that's it. You buy specially pre-broken stuff. Uh, not pre-broken, but cheap yeah, stuff. That, and you don't mind if it breaks. Yeah. That's why the Dallas stores are so popular. Yeah. All right, and that brings us to the next topic. The Melech and the Kala can bathe, uh, can wash their faces. Now, the Mishnah is, first of all, following the opinion of Rabbi Hanani ben Tradian, who uh, says that uh, they, they, the Tanakam says that they can't wash their faces, but Rabbi Hanani ben Tradian says yes. Um, in the name of Rabbi Eliezer. Um, um, basically, um, shoes wearing, Rabbi Hanani ben Tradian, so... Uh, uh, for a for a woman who just gave birth, she's not allowed to wear shoes, according to Tanakhama. Rukhrayim Shadnin said she is allowed to. What's the reason for these for the opinion of Rav Kananim Shadnin named Rubliezer? So by a king, pasuk says Melech biyafyo techazeno inecha. King needs to always be presentable. After all, he is representing the entire nation. And he can't have a dirty face, okay? So that's a very important thing. Um, um, what about a kala? That is that she should not be 
um, so, so as not to make her um, the, the husband not find favor, not, that she should not find favor in the eyes of her husband, she also has to look pretty. It's interesting okay. because it's on Yom Kippur when you can't touch her anyways. Right, but she still, 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 you're right. You know, he'll remember for later. So, uh, but what? How how long is the period of time for a bride that we consider a kala? So we explained that the tachshitim for a kala are all thirty days. So it's anybody who's married from thirty days before Yom Kippur, she would be allowed to wash her face according to Chananim And what's the reason for a chaya wearing shoes? Is or sandals is because of tina, because of cold. This is it used to be the only. There wasn't that many options to protect the feet without it. We did see Shmuel said that if there's sakonas akrev, um, then that is a different story. Um, and that is where um, so basically in places where the scorpions, you better protect your feet. Okay. Um, and with that, we're well, that's what we got up yesterday. We'll take it from here.